Hi, guys. How's everyone today? All right. Well, what you may or may not know is that today is officially Pastor Appreciation Day. And so <laughs> what we want to do is we want to make sure as a church body that we honor uh, Pastor Jared and Heather for everything that they've done for us. They've started this church. They've given, you know, just blood, sweat, and tears into this church and everything that they've had. They've sacrificed so much time uh, for each and every one of us. And so we just want to honor you guys. So, Carrie, you want to come on out here? And we just want to say thank you guys so much for everything that you, <laughs> for everything that you guys have done. Uh, our church, yeah, come on. Yeah, our church would not be here, literally, without you guys. Um, you know, but, you know, without your constant guidance and, you know, uh, your love and, and attention to, to every detail and just, you know, your leadership with bringing us from just a bunch of people to forming a church and, and understanding that, you know, the church is not just within these four walls. It's, it's in our hearts and it's out in the community. And so we have you guys to thank for that. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for everything that you've done. And if you guys could just, you know, extend your hands towards them, we're just going to go ahead and bless them with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just want to just thank you so much for Pastor Jared and Heather and just everything, God, that they have done for this church, God. God, I just want to speak a blessing onto them, God, that your presence is just consistently with them at every point, God, that they can go out and just be an effective force within this community and within this church, God, that, God, you just bring prosperity on them and just your love, God, and, you know, no matter what it is that they may or may not be going through, God, that your hand is always there because you are blessing them constantly, Lord. Your hedge of protection is around them constantly, God. So, God, we just want to just continue to cast them out into this city and into this church, Lord, as they just continue to bring life into our community, Lord. God, just thank you so much, God. I ask this in your name. Amen. Again, guys. Thank you, everybody. All right, so uh, let's roll that video. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Chris Lanza. Thank you so much for coming to church this morning. This is your EC Connect. During the month of October, people get pretty obsessed about paranormal. Well, during the last two weeks of this month, we're going to be doing a new series called Paranormal Activity, in which Pastor Jared is actually going to be talking about what the Bible says about heaven and hell. And in the second week, we're going to be talking about angels and demons. So if you know anybody that's interested in the paranormal realm or they like that kind of thing, invite them out. This will be an awesome series for them. So in addition to the goosebumps that you may be getting from our Paranormal Activity series, next week is also our next food day. So bring an item to share with the group, as well as feel free to meet some new people and have a great time. So we are so excited. On Halloween, October 31st, that's a Friday, we're going to be hosting our next outreach, our annual Halloween candy giveaway. Encounter Church is going to be partnering with various organizations and local businesses within Lawrenceville. And we're going to be setting up two tables along Butler Street. We're going to be giving away candy, and it's going to be an awesome time. Now, this is going to run from 6 to 8 p.m., and what we'd like you to do is sign up at the Connection Center if this is something that you're interested. Also, if you'd like, bring your kids or whoever you want, have them come on down and get some awesome candy. For this week's Dream Team opportunity, we'd like to bring to your attention our creativity team. Uh, what this team does is that it takes the creative expressions in art and uses them to highlight our Sunday morning services. This could be stage design, this could be a poetry reading, painting, whatever it is that you feel that you have a gift for within that art realm, we would love for you to be a part of this team. If you're interested, check off on the connection card uh, on the back of it. You can also see Kylie Lanza, she's our creative team coordinator. For more information about anything you've heard today, please check out the Connection Center. Also, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to stay up to date through us throughout the week, you can check out our website where you can hear our podcast, which include our message from this week and prior weeks. That's found on our uh, media page. This has been Chris Lanza with your EC Connect. All right, we're going to move into 
our giving moment, so if our service hosts would come forward. Um, today is a very special day, um, particularly um, because a friend of mine, his name is Britt Wendell. Um, some of you may have seen me post this morning on Facebook through our church page or through my personal page that Britt Wendell uh, and his wife Stacy are uh, planting their church, Daybreak Church, today in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, and uh, Kenosha is actually the second biggest city in Wisconsin next to Green Bay, and uh, it's a great town. And we met Britt about uh, two years ago, my wife and I did, when we were going through uh, some assessment and training um, to, to start Encounter Church. And while we were there, we just connected with Britt, and uh, there's been this relationship that has lasted um, through that time. In fact, so this morning, so they're, in, they're on central time, so right now... It is 10.30 here, which means that they are exactly 30 minutes away from launch, from the grand opening of their service. And they did the same thing that we did. They've sent out a huge mailer inviting their community. They've put all the work, all the hours, all the time in. Um, and so we're going to pray for them today during this giving moment. And so how, you might be wondering, how does this tie in to the giving moment here? Well, our church, and you hear me say this, if, you, if you've been coming for any period of time, you probably know by now that our church is a church that is kingdom-minded. We are not just about the walls of this building, not even just the walls or the of the community of Lawrenceville or Pittsburgh, but we want to support what God is doing around the world. And so the giving that you, that you have every week are your tithes, your faithful giving, your offerings that we can either give in the baskets or online on our website. That 10% of everything that comes in goes back out to our community in, in a tithe from our church, if you will, and goes out to things like church planting, like supporting missionaries. And so in a way, while we didn't specifically give church money or your money to Brit and to his church plant, the money that we had that we've sent back to the organization that planted us, ARC, did give them money. And so your money directly goes into church planting, into God's kingdom, expanding beyond the walls of, of Arsenal Middle School and beyond this community into other states. And then they're going to be planting churches and they'll be supporting missionaries. It's all because of you and your faithful giving. So I just want to thank you for that. So today, as, a, as the baskets come around, if you want to continue giving and being obedient to God through that, I, we have an offering envelope that you can put your gift in. If you didn't bring one with you today, you can go to our website, EncounterPGH.com, and go to the Support Encounter page, and you can give easily with a credit card or a, or a bank account or, uh, or even set it up recurring. So, but uh, as uh, we pray, let's pray for Daybreak Church and that God would do an incredible work today in that community and in that church and that lives, that it would be. And they, they have this saying, it's a, it's a new day. That's sort of, the, it's your new day is here. That's what it said on their mailer that they sent out. Imagine what that could be like for someone who walks in the doors who's, who needs hope today, who needs the light of Jesus in their heart today. And that can happen for them in just 30 minutes. So let's pray together, and then the baskets will come around. Father, we pray together as a church right now for Britt and for Stacy and for the entire Daybreak Church team. We pray that you would take any nerves away from them. We pray that you would do your great transforming work today, that this service would be incredible, that people would come into your kingdom, that they would see your hope and your life and your love today. We pray for everything to work the way it's supposed to, the lights and the music and the, the sound and all the things that work the way they're supposed to. I pray that you will fill Brit with your Holy Spirit and let him speak only the words that you would have him say today. We pray for great things ahead for the community of Kenosha and that, God, you would bring uh, just lives into your kingdom today and in the years to come. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for every giver who gives in this church faithfully and sacrificially and cheerfully gives. Pray that you'll bless every gift, multiply it so that more churches can come to know uh, and be built into your kingdom. More people can know you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the baskets come around, uh, let's uh, watch this week's message trailer.
All right, good morning, everybody. My name is Jared Lonza. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter Church, and it's my honor to welcome you. If it's your first time with us today, I want to extend a personal welcome to you. I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to meet you after service. If you're listening on our podcast, um, you are no less uh, welcome here. We'd love to hear from you, uh, either on our website, or I hope this message encourages you. Today we are finishing up a mini-series called Change of Season. Last week we introduced um, a, a message about perspective, about how um, in life, you know, it's not just nature that changes. The leaves change, the weather changes, but in our lives, God wants to bring us into new seasons. And sometimes the seasons come without us asking for them. Other times they're very intentional. Um, and we realized that there's a different kinds of couple, different types of seasons that God might be bringing us into. And one of those was that maybe God is calling us into a season of enjoyment and a deeper relationship with him. Maybe for some of us, maybe God is calling us or pulling us into a season of, of harvest. Maybe we've been struggling, we've been working hard and praying through something, and now God is saying the time is here for you to move forward. And the thing that you've been looking for, the thing you've been praying for, that breakthrough in your life is, is, is coming. Or maybe for some of us, there's a difficult time ahead or that we're in a difficult time and God is, is, is preparing us. He's showing us what we can do, how we can still know him and have hope in life uh, through that season. And so we talked about there are two elements to an approach to a season. And last week was talking about perspective. In order for us to really be able to, to, to experience the season that God has us in or has for us, it really need to focus on how we look at things. If we look at them the wrong way, we will approach the season wrong. We may even have unhealthy habits, unhealthy behaviors that could lead us to miss the entire point or entire reason for that season. And, and so we talked about the big idea last week was that perspective is driven by focus. So what we focus on will determine our perspective. If our problem seems too big, we need to focus on something else so that we can see that the problem is not as big as it, think, as it seems, as, as an example there. And so the challenge was to focus on God's priorities. We talked about truth. We talked about honor. We talked about thinking about the higher things. And Paul said, fix your eyes on them. In our world, we think so often, and we, we, everywhere around us are things that are not high thoughts, that are things that are not going to help us in our seasons, that are actually going to drift us and push us away from what God really wants to do in our lives. And so we need that right perspective. And the perspective is important. It's the most important thing because without the right perspective, we cannot have any hope or dream of knowing what the purpose is for our life, what the purpose is for the season that we're going in. And so today we're talking about a change of purpose, a change of purpose. And we're going to wrap up our, our change of season uh, mini-series today with a change of purpose. So I looked up the definition of the word purpose this week as I was preparing for the message. And this is what it, what it said. And we have the definition on the screen here. It says, the reason why, the purpose is the reason why something is done or used. It is the aim or the intention of something. Let's read that again. The reason why something is done or used. Purpose is the reason why something is done or used. It is the aim or intention of something. So in a purpose in our seasons, there can be a very specific purpose. So maybe you're in school. And the purpose of you going to school is so that you can study and gain the knowledge that you need to be able to accomplish your job or whatever it is you want to do in your life. That is a specific purpose. And, and all of us have different things. I go to work so that I can, for the purpose of getting a paycheck, so that I can take care of my family. You know, my kids go to school so that they can prepare the purpose of, of learning so that they can get a good job in life. You, you understand the concept of a specific purpose for something. But not only are there specific purposes, I believe that there are greater purposes, an aim or an intention of life that God wants to take us to say, not just in this moment are you going to school for the specific purpose of getting this job. I believe that in that, in the same thing, I think God is so dynamic in his ability to not just say, well, one thing and then I'll wait until that's finished to start another. No, God says, I have a specific purpose for whatever you're doing right now. But there's also a greater purpose right now that I want to teach you, that I want you to see. A greater purpose. So for me, a few years ago, before we moved to Pittsburgh, we had moved uh, back to Maryland. And I went to school to get my master's degree. And while we were there, we had our son Lincoln. And I was going to school for the purpose of one day I knew I was going to be leading an organization. At that time, this church was not in, my, in, in specific thoughts. That wasn't what God had put in my heart yet. 
But I knew that there was something. I knew that God said, Jared, I want you to get more education so that you can effectively lead an organization and, and mobilize people to do the work that I have. And I didn't know what that looked like. So the purpose, while I was in Maryland at that time, I had left a great job. I was a youth pastor for three years, loved what I was doing there, loved the kids. In fact, um, many of you know uh, some of the people who come to our church here were actually in that youth group. And it's such an, an honor to have them in our church. And it was a great time. And so the purpose for me was to go and get this education. But what I learned later was that God actually in that season actually had a greater purpose for me, was to refine me. It was to make me into the individual that I am today that I couldn't have become if I hadn't gone through that, that season. It was a hard season. After I went to school, I, I couldn't find a good job. I ended up working at Blockbuster Video, if any of you remember that block, Blockbuster Video. It makes me sort of cry every time I think about it. I love Blockbuster. But I, I worked at Blockbuster as a sales manager. I went and interviewed there and just for any kind of job because I couldn't find anything. And they saw the leadership ability that I had, and they saw some experience in the workforce that I had. And so they gave me a management position there. And I did that for about two years. And uh, I was trying to get back into church jobs. I was trying to find another way. I said, God, I'd finished my education. I did what you asked me to do. I feel like I now have the tools that I need to be able to move forward in this purpose that you gave me. That specific purpose of going to school is completed now. So... Come on! And it just wasn't happening. And I went through this period of like four years of just, I felt like I was the Israelites wandering around in the desert. I just, I felt like my life had no, I didn't know what was going on. But I came to find out that, uh, that, that later on, that God was refining me. He was teaching me. He was showing me things about myself that I couldn't have possibly understood unless I went through that. And I believe that, that in this, this time, now as we are wrapping up this concept of this change of season, that God is wanting each one of us to have a greater awareness of him. To, to think, not just in the perspective of thinking about good things. And now we're not just talking about like lollipops and butterflies. I'm talking about thinking on wholesome things. Like we talked last week about truth and honor and justice and purity. You know, thinking about those things, the things that are going to lead us there. That is just the beginning. The perspective is the thing that sets us up to be able to actually finally be able to reveal our purpose in life. A purpose in our season. And so I was looking up, as I was looking up the word of purpose and the definitions, I also thought of some synonyms. And so we have another, some other words that kind of describe this here. Some of the words, synonyms for the word purpose was aim, your design, intent, and a mark. And so we have these arrows on it. This, th that's purposeful. That is, that is a design right there. My job is to hit that specific target. But if my perspective is skewed, I can't even see the target, or maybe I see five targets and can't know which one I need to hit. Perspective shapes everything, but now that I know that I see correctly in life and I know what I'm looking at, I know I now need to have a target or an aim. And so, so some questions popped up in my head, and I want to ask you these questions and think to yourself. You don't have to respond, but let's think about these questions and what pops up in your head. What am I aiming for in life right now in my season what am I aiming for? What am I trying to accomplish? What is it that I'm, that I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to? What should I be shooting for? I mean, if we look at this arrow here on the screen, what should I be shooting for? What is my target? What is the design for this season? You could ask that question. Maybe you're in a season right now, or maybe, maybe you're entering into a season of your life. What is the design for this season? It's not random. And even if the situation itself didn't come specifically from the hand of God, God promises that he is always with us, he's always in it, and that he will take that situation and he wants to use it, he wants to transform us through it. What is my intent? So we had that word intent. What is my intent in this life? What is my intent in this time? But even more importantly, maybe, what is God's intent? So there is some... There's the questions that we're asking. There's some bigger ones that I, that I identified. Is there a bigger purpose to what's happening in my life right now? What, what should my purpose be? And what is God trying to do in my life? I think that's probably the biggest question of all. What is God trying to do in my life? What is he trying to say in my life amidst all of the good things that are happening, amidst all the blessing, amidst all of the, the fun, the excitement, the energy 
amidst the changes, amidst the transitions, amidst the difficulties, the frustrations, the pain, what is God trying to say to me and to you? What is he saying to me? What does he want to accomplish in me? And so the big idea for today, last week we talked about perspective being driven by our focus. So what we look at will help us determine what we see. Well, purpose is revealed through partnership. The big idea for today is purpose is revealed through partnership. I encourage you to pull out your program that you were given, and inside of it is sermon notes, and take out a pen and write that down. Fill in the blanks and follow along. Follow along with this. This is critical to know because there's going to come a day in your life where you're going to say, I just don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what the season is for. And I want this to be a reminder to you. Purpose is revealed through partnership. What does that mean? It means we can't find our purpose on our own. It means that I don't know what, 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 I can, what the purpose of this is. What is the reason I'm going through this thing? What am I supposed to learn from it? I cannot. Our brains just can't figure it out on our own. We don't have the key in our pocket to be able to unlock the thing that God wants to show us. We don't have the ability to discover or even fulfill that purpose until we understand and it's revealed to us. What is it that, that this season is supposed to be in my life? But you know who does have the answer? The creator of all life. The creator of everything has a purpose for you and for me. Our greater purpose, he has a purpose for the scenario or the situations we find ourselves in. It's not, always, it's not always so that we're happy. Sometimes that purpose involves other people. And he wants to help us discover it. But the only way we can do that is through partnership. It's through relationship. And so I want to explore a story in the Bible about Jesus meeting some people who were happy in their life, doing some really cool things, and he gives them a greater purpose. He helps them identify the purpose of life. He pulls them into a new season. And so we're going to turn to Mark chapter 1. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to bring your Bibles with you every Sunday. Um, we have free Bibles for you if, you if you don't have any. If you ever need one, go up and grab one of the tables or at the Connection Center. We need you to have Bibles. You need to know the Word of God. So turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, there's a story of it that says that Jesus was walking along the beach. Walking along the beach. We don't really know why. Um, it doesn't say so much, but he was just maybe having a good stroll. Maybe he was spending some time with God. But he was walking on the beach and at the Sea of Galilee. And there were, there were it's like a, a very, um, it was a famous port area where there would just be a lot of business, a lot of fishermen, a lot of uh, just commerce going on where, where that was a very common practice or profession for individuals would be to, uh, they would have boats and they would hire some men and they would go out onto the sea and they would cast nets on both sides and, and they would, their whole livelihood was based around fishing. That's what it was. And so their existence and, their, and really the, 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 the mouths of their kids and being able to feed them, paying their bills, all of that was based around their job. And so we find Jesus in Mark chapter 1 walking up to these men in uh, verses 16 through 18. And the, the verse will be on the screen as well. Let's, let's see where, what happens here. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, I like to picture him wearing flip-flops. I do. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. Like I said, this wasn't just like a fishing trip. They weren't just, you know, fly fishing. It wasn't a roll, uh, a pole, you know. They, were, they had nets. It was, they were trying to catch a lot of fish for their job. For they fished for a living, so we know this was their job. Verse 17 says, Jesus called out to them. So Jesus was walking along, and all of a sudden he stops, and he sees these guys, and he says, Come Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And then they probably said, oh, well, that's a great invitation. I'll go back to my work. No, what did they say? Verse 18 says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. I always thought this story was was strange to me. I, I, I think we view this through our, our modern American or Western concept that we think of that if someone were to come up to me and I'm in the middle of my work day and say to me, hey, come follow me and I'm going to teach you how to be a banker for normal people or whatever it might be in your particular situation. You know, I'll teach you to plumb 
build pipelines in, in lives. I mean, something, whatever Jesus said, Jesus flipped it. He said, you're a fisherman, I'm going to teach you to fish for people, right? He said, he was saying that to them, but I feel like if, if someone were to walk up to us and say, hey, come leave your workplace right now and follow me, and I'm going to give you this great purpose in life, I feel like most of us would be like, that sounds like a nice invitation, but I'd get fired if I left here today. And so it's, it's hard for us to understand what was happening. I mean, first, you need to know that the culture there was different, that, that they, they may have even been business owners, so they could, they could kind of come and go. Um, it's also possible that um, they had hired help, so it was like, I'm going to go check this out. You guys stay in the boat, you know? Um, so I don't think Jesus was, was saying, hey, just come on out, uh, particularly here, and leave everything behind. Although in other scenarios, we see that, and, and those are other things we could talk about at a different time. But I think what's happening here, though, is the, there's a couple of observations that I really want to make from this passage. And I think if we get anything out of this, just understand that Jesus, remember our big idea, is that our purpose is revealed through partnership. Okay, our, par- our purpose, the thing that we want in life, what is it that I need in my life right now? What is God trying to say to me? Those questions I ask, what is the bigger purpose of my existence? What am I trying to do now? In this passage of Scripture, I believe we have the answers to what God is trying to say to us, but it requires partnership and relationship. So here are some observations that I got from this passage. And the first was this, is that Jesus sees us. He sees us. I mean, the scripture said that Jesus was walking along the beach and he saw Simon and Andrew before he ever did anything with them. He saw them. He saw that they were casting nets. He saw that they were fishermen because it said they were fishing for a living. He knew all of this. Jesus sees every one of us right now. He knows where we are. He knows what we're doing. He knows where we've been. He understands our situation. He understands our limitations. He understands our frustrations. Jesus sees exactly where we are and cares enough to stop to know us, cares enough to invite us, cares enough to, to, to want to have a relationship with us. He knows our desires. He knows our dreams. He knows our doubts. He knows our fears. You can't hide from it. I mean, he is the creator of all things. And so it, it even seems strange enough that, that the creator of all things would see us. Because I think oftentimes we feel small. But that's the beauty of it. They call it the great mystery. The great mystery is that God, the creator of the universe, who, who in his majesty has formed the mountains and the seas and the planets and put them into orbit and, and just sits back and watches all of its grandeur out in play. The mystery of the God that is so large knows me, sees me, knows the number of hairs on my head. We, we talked a couple of weeks ago that, that, that his thoughts about us outnumber the sand. Jesus sees us. Wherever you are right now, the difficulty, the fear, the hopelessness, the sadness, maybe, maybe in the celebration, the moments of Wow, things are great. Jesus sees it. He wants to celebrate with you. He says, I sent this to you. He sees us. And that's a beautiful way to open this passage of Scripture is that he's just taking a walk. It's, he's going through his life, and he pauses enough to see somebody who's inconsequential. Peter, Andrew, these guys, these guys were just, they were just middle-class guys. They were just like, you know, yinzers. You know what I mean? Like they were just, they were just guys who just live. They, they, they weren't the people, the Carnegies. They weren't the, the Rockefellers. They weren't the movers and the shakers. Jesus sees every one of us, every single one of us, where we are, as raw as we are, as wrong as we are, as right as we are, he sees us. And he sees the path ahead of us. And I think that's the point out of this, is Jesus sees us. He sees the path ahead, too. He wasn't just calling them out just to go to lunch. I mean, he was setting them on a path. He was calling them into a season and if you're here today and encounter a church, it's not by accident. Jesus sees you now, and he says, I'm calling you into something deeper. I'm calling you into a greater relationship with me. And whatever the season is ahead, I want to be there with you, and I will show you how to navigate it. I will give you the right perspective, and I will show you the purpose of what I'm trying to accomplish in your life. Jesus sees us. Another observation that we uh, can take from this passage is that Jesus invites us to join him. 
So not only does he see, as Jesus said, he could have just been like, hey, guys, nice to see you. What do you think of my white robe? It's beautiful. But he didn't do that. He said, he stopped and then he called them out and he said, follow me. Jesus invites us to know him. Jesus is always inviting us to learn from him, to be more like him. This is what's called a disciple, a disciple of Jesus. Now, disciple, you know, that's where we get the word discipline from. And most of us don't like the word discipline. I get it. I kind of buck against the concept of discipline. But let's take it out of the parenting home and let's put it into like maybe a martial arts arena. The discipline of understanding how to do the different formations, the different movements, right? In order to become a black belt, a martial arts individual, a, a uh, I don't know what they call them. In Star Wars, they call them Padawans. But, but in, in, in the martial arts world, you have to submit yourself to the master to learn the ways of that master so that you can learn the forms, you can learn the movements, you can learn the designs of how it should be. And over time, you get better at it, and you get better at it, and you get better at it until you become a black belt yourself, until you become one who can then teach others. That is what a disciple is. So what Jesus was saying here is he wasn't just saying, hey, come, come hang out with me and cheer me on, because I think that's what happens a lot of times for us as Christians in America, particularly, we become fans of Jesus. Like, you know, it's like, I like Jesus. He's cool. I gave my heart to Jesus, and that's where everything stopped. We wouldn't necessarily say that, but that's what our, what our lives look like, you know? Like, following Jesus, he wasn't just saying to them, hey, come have lunch with me. Jesus was saying, learn from me. Let me teach you. Let me show you what it is to be a, a follower of me. And he said, take up your cross and follow me every day. And so Jesus was saying about a disciple not only does, it, does he want us to learn his way, learn his forms, and that's, that's what we're talking about when I said last week about, about, about the things we think about, you know, building different habits into our life, you know, into meditation, into, into prayer, and, and into reading God's word, and into memorizing scripture, and all of these things, all of those things are forms, all those things are movements, all those things are rhythms of the Christian faith that teach us to be a disciple, that make us look more like Jesus. And so not only does he see us, he invites us into relationships so that we can become like him. Did you know, did you know that, that, it, that they got so good at it that after Jesus went, to, went up to heaven, he ascended into heaven, the, in, in the book of Acts, there's a town called Antioch. And it's, that's when people were called Christians for the very first time. Do you know why they were called that? The word Christian, they didn't have a name for them. So they just started saying, man, these guys look like Jesus so much that they're like little Christs running around. That's what the word Christian meant. I mean, that's what Jesus is inviting us to. He said, he's not just saying, I see you and I love you where you're at. Like, I welcome you into my family, but I invite you into something greater, something deeper. And I want you to look like me so that the rest of the world can have it. And that's what he's inviting us. And so not only does Jesus see the path ahead, and he sees us in this season, and he sees where we are, and he's inviting us through it. And he says, I know that this thing is hard for you. I want to work with that on you. I want to help you through that thing that you're wrestling with, that, that struggle, that sinful thing, whatever it is in your mind that keeps you from being able to move forward. I, I see it. And I'm inviting you to walk through it with me so I can help you forward. And I will tell you this, is that he's a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. He will never force himself on you. So maybe if you're wondering, why is it that my, I feel like my faith is stale or it's a little bit, I don't know, dry. It's because the invitation, you got it in the mail, but you haven't done anything with it yet. I mean, Jesus invites us, but he's not going to come banging through your door and say, I'm going to make you get, you know, get in a room with me. I'm not going to make you spend time in prayer listening to me. I'm not going to make you do any of those things. He's a gentleman. He loves us and invites us. And his home is always open to us, but we've got to be willing to go. So Jesus sees where we are. He invites us to join him. And lastly, Jesus offers a greater purpose. A greater purpose. I mean, it said, and I will not only help you be a better fisherman, but I will teach you to fish for people. And this is where at this point where Jesus is now looking at these guys and saying, you think that what you're doing is great, but I've got something that will change the world. I mean, Jesus was calling them 
to come with him and to learn from him. But they didn't stop being fishermen. They were still fishermen. So, so some of us, like myself, are called to do what I do full time. And God has asked me to come out of what I was doing to do this, at least for a season. But for some of you, God might not be, and he might just be saying to you, I'm inviting you into something, and I have a greater purpose for you, for your season, for your life, for what you're going through right now, but I want you to keep doing the thing that you're doing. Jesus told them that there is something greater than themselves. He said, that's, and that's really what the whole Bible is about, is saying like, that when you come to know Jesus, that there is hope for you, but not just hope for you, but hope for the entire world. But the only way that the world gets to know who Jesus is, the only way that the world gets, gets to be fixed from its brokenness is if we are willing to partner with him and to become a part of the solution. And he said, I will teach you. He said, I will teach you to be fishing for people. And this is where the fulfillment is really found in life. I mean, in our season, when we understand that there's a greater purpose to our situation, not just the specifics. So when I realized that God was trying to teach me in my life when I, during that period of four years where I really felt like, what are you doing, God? I went to school. I did the thing you asked me to do. When I realized that God was teaching me things, he was bringing up things in my heart, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was still there. Pains that I had dealt with or frustrations or things that happened to me in my pre previous church or just different situations that, I, that were long buried and hidden. I had no idea. And during that time, yeah, the season I had the education, I'm using it today, I'm using it in this church, in my life. But God was taking something bigger, and he says, and once you realize, once you can have the perspective to see what God's trying to show you, he will reveal the purpose, the greater purpose of the situation in your life, and then fulfillment comes, because not only are you doing the thing that was specifically in, like, your scenario, I went to school, I got my degree, but the greater purpose that brings a fulfillment to know that God is, is involved in our lives. It knows that he has not left us alone. It knows that it helps us to see that he is with us and that he refuses to leave us alone and, and, and allow us to continue to sit in the same place. He always wants to move us forward. And so he was talking to Peter and to Andrew and he was saying, look guys, like yes, what you're doing is good, but I want more for the people around you as well. So this is, this is, this is the place that, that can be hard for us to grasp, for us to understand, especially in a difficult moment. If we're in a situation where what we're going through is hard, we tend to focus in on ourselves and think that what is God trying to teach me? And, and I do believe that the scenario is that, that, that God is always speaking to us. But God is also wanting to always turn us outward. He's always wanting to help us to, to use the things that we have, the things in our heart, and, and, and push us outward so that we can be inclusive. Because the situation that I'm going through may actually be able to speak into the life of someone else. I mean, how many times has a friend encouraged you or you've seen something from a friend that has encouraged you because they've been going through something. Or, you know, walking in life with them has taught you a lesson by that person. You understand what I'm saying? And I believe that that's what God is trying to say to each of us. I mean, he was calling his disciples and saying, I want so much more for you. I could come down here and I could spend all of eternity and I could save each and every individual person one at a time. Or I could partner with all of you. I can make us a family and give you power from my Holy Spirit and teach you to fish for people so that hope cannot just be brought from God, but hope can be brought from individuals filled with the love of Jesus. And that's what he's trying to say. He wants to include everybody. So in whatever season you're going through, if it's a season of enjoyment, he wants you to turn that enjoyment outward and share what is so good about your season and tell people that God has blessed you. In the season of harvest, God is saying, not just be thankful for what you're, what's coming to you, but be thankful, be thankful and turn it outward. And, and when you have an opportunity, say, you know what, that thing, God has, has brought me through it. Because just two months ago, I was here, and now God brought me here. In the season of preparation or this difficult time that you're in or it's coming up, turn it outward and let people see what you're going through and talk to people and show that you still have hope and you still have life and you have joy and that God is working in these situations. Whatever it is, God wants to say, don't just take it in yourself, flip it outside and include others and bring them with you. And this has to do with salvation. 
salvation. Jesus cares about the souls of the people who are out there who don't know him. People who have no idea how to see their purpose and they can't find the purpose that God has for them until he has a relationship that can reveal that to them, the true purpose of life. And he will teach us. That's the, be- the beauty of it. Not only does he see us, not only does he invite us, and he gives us a greater purpose, he, he promised, he said, come and follow me, and I will teach you how to fish for people. That only happens through relationship. We've got to know him. We've got to spend time with him to learn from him, to learn those forms. Jesus offers greater purpose. And so we go back to those synonyms, aim, design, intent, mark. And we had some questions. I want to reframe those questions as we wrap up today. I would add a question here. Where is God trying to take me? I want you to ask that question. Where is God trying to take me in my life? Where is he aiming me? Where is he intending me to go? What is the mark that he's trying to have me hit in my life? What am I aiming for was the first question was, what is God aiming me at is the new reframed version of that. What is God aiming me at? What's he trying to to do? And oftentimes we feel this way. If I'm pointed in this way and God wants me pointed in this way, he has no choice but to kind of nudge, right? Nudge. And that feels like resistance. That feels like change. That feels like I have to shift my perspective. And that's what we talked about last week. What is God trying to aim me at? Well, now that you know that God wants to help us aim at the right thing instead of the wrong thing, we've got to stop resisting the thing that God's trying to pull us into. What is God aiming me at? The other question was, what am I trying to accomplish? Well, let's flip that and say, what does God want me to accomplish? So it's our perspective. Let's look up and say, God, this thing that I'm in is not just about me. What are you trying to teach me and how can I reach others? The question was, what is the design for the season? Well, let's flip that. What does God want to do within me? If I'm asking, what is the design of the season? Let's flip it. What does God want to do within me? What is God's intent? How does God intend to partner with me to include others? And so our challenge today is to become God's partner. I mean, we know, we know that if the big idea of the day was that Purpose is revealed through partnership. Purpose is revealed through partnership. So we have to become God's partner if we want to have any idea what we should be doing in our life, what our purpose of the season is. So we want to take time to see God. Jesus sees us. We need to take time to actually see him. Take time to see him. We need to accept his invitation. If Jesus is asking us, Would you follow me? Would you be with me? We need to follow him and we need to accept the invitation. Again, he's a gentleman, so he sends it and he says, come and I will show you what true life is. We have to be willing to accept his invitation. And then we need to step into greater purpose. We need to step into greater purpose. If uh, the worship band would, would go ahead and come back out. Step into greater purpose. You know, I think... This is sort of the final thought that I had that I had written down this week. When we find the perspective and the purpose that God has designed for the seasons of our lives, we will become effective tools in God's hands to speak into the lives of those around us and bring them into God's family. This is sort of the cap of our series, okay? So I want to repeat it. When we find the perspective and purpose that God has designed for the seasons of our lives. So once we we get aligned, we're talking about alignment here, okay? So whatever it is, enjoyment, a season of harvest, a season of preparation, whatever it is that God has for each of us, wherever we're in and wherever we're heading, when when we can see the thing that God is trying to teach us, when we can see the aim, the mark that God has for us, when we understand that, Then, and only then, will we become effective tools in God's hands to speak into the lives of those around us and bring them into God's family. Yes, God cares about each of us individually. He sees you. He sees me, and he knows the things that are deep in our hearts. He knows our dreams. He hears us. When we cry, he cries with us. When we laugh, he's laughing with us. When we're in pain, he feels it and he wraps his arms around us. Yes, he is with each of us individually. 
But the beauty of this thing called faith in Jesus is that he wants to partner with each one of us to include others. It's pretty rare that individuals come to a relationship with Jesus by an epiphany alone without other people. And think about your experience. It was through a church or it was through a friend. You found something online. There's, there's usually a catalyst that pushes you towards or points us to Jesus. And that's by God's design. I don't know why. I mean, sometimes it feels like it would be so much easier to, to just for him to just put a big sign in the sky and prove that he's there to people. But I think, I think he knew, I think he knows that if that were to be the case, that eventually we would just begin ignoring the sign in the sky. And so he says the better way, the way I designed it to be is to not only to find healing and find hope and joy and excitement and passion and the abundance that God offers in life for each of us. I think he says, I want others to experience it by, by sharing it, having each of us share with each other. So as we finish up this, this series today, I want to encourage you to not only think about the season that God has you in or is pulling you into, this fall season with our life groups and as we move into the holiday season and we start a brand new year, and I'm excited for what God is going to be doing in each of our lives, but I'm also extremely excited about what God wants to do through our church, in our community, of the people who are out there who just have no idea what's available for them. And so as we move into our response moment today, I want each of us to ask the question, what is it that God is saying to me today? What is God trying to say about the season that I'm in right now? What is it about the season that maybe I feel that God's pulling me to? Things are shifting under my feet. I feel there's a change. This requires us to be a little sensitive. So I want you to just close your eyes with me and let's just, let's just listen to God. God, what are you saying to me today? Help my perspective to change, to look to you. Help me to see the purpose that you have for me. The season I'm in right now. But what is the greater purpose? What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to, to help me to understand? And how can I be, how can I live my life like it matters for you and to show other people? Just listen to him now. Just listen to him now. God, speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us, Jesus. I realize this might be a little different for some of you, but I'm convinced that the only way to, to hear God in a world that is so full of noise is to just separate ourselves in a quiet space to listen, to tune our ears, our spiritual ears, to just like a, like a radio frequency, to just, you know, put your antennas up and say, God, I'm listening for you. Give me peace in my trouble. Give me vision for the road ahead. You see the path. Will you show me? Your word says that your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Call us to a deeper yearning, a deeper hunger to read your word and to get perspective to know the path we are taking and where you're leading us. Teach us to hear your voice, God. And so the band is going to lead us in one last song, and as they do, we have stations for you that we would like for each of you to participate with. And this is based around the second question, which is, what are you going to do about it? So now that God is speaking to us, and I believe he's going to continue to do that, so just stay sensitive in this time. But as he does, I want you to get out of your chair in a moment when the band starts singing this last song. And we have stations for you. We have candles on the inside tables for you to maybe light as a symbol of your commitment to, to finding the path that, that Jesus has for you. Being a light in the darkness in the world around us. Or There's pieces of paper that you can write down like a, a poem or a prayer or a confession or something, whatever it is that's personal to you, 
God hears you, he sees you, and he wants you to respond. So you can write that down and pray over it and put it in this wall here. And we pray over these every week as a church leadership team. On the outside tables, we have communion elements. I encourage each of you to take one and bring it back to your chair and we'll, we'll partake of communion together as we remember Jesus' death and resurrection. We have learning to follow Jesus' books. If, if you heard Jesus today calling you, inviting you into a relationship with him and you decided, I will, I will, I will follow you. I'll take those steps today, Jesus. Then take one of those books. It begins just a seven-day journey of devotions every day that you can sort of begin that journey. And I encourage you to talk to us, talk to me, and just let me know that you did that. I'd love to pray with you and celebrate that with you. And we have, we'll have prayer partners on the, on the outside here. Um, if you just need prayer today, someone to pray with you. It's confidential. But I just want to keep this moment. What is God saying to me today? What is it he wants to show me today? Where is he calling me? And what, what are you going to do about it? Let's, let's all stand up together. and Let me just pray for us. And the band's going to lead us. And we'll have just this moment of response. Jesus, we hear your invitation. Would you help us now to hear you? And we choose as a body, as a, as, a, as a family now, to respond to you, to willingly walk into the season that you're calling us into. Whatever it is, God, we put our eyes on you, we fix our eyes on you. Would you speak to us and respond to us? Ex help us experience you right now as we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. Hands apart, open wide as the sky. We lift you high, we lift you high. Hands apart, open wide as we cry. God, we lift you
remember that Jesus is a gentleman. He's never going to force himself. There is an element of responsibility to, to all of this, you know. All the great things, the good things, the things we talk about all the time that God wants for us, the life that he has for us, the abundance, that John 10.10, 10, that I have come to give you life and life to the fullest, to its max, to its extreme, you know. Abundance. And that doesn't always mean great things all the time. It just means that you will be living life to its fullest potential. But that happens only if we get in line and we align ourselves. So not only today, not only, you know, last week as we move forward with the seasons, let's just remember that every day, let's take some time with Jesus. Let's make ourselves more flexible to walk with Him. Scripture says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He had a very special meal with His closest disciples, two of which were in that boat that day. They had learned from Him for three years. And they were now ready Jesus knew they were ready. They had no idea. <laughs> but they were ready to change the world for the purpose that God had for them. And he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. He said, take this bread and eat it. For this symbolizes my body that will be broken for you. It's my willingness, willingness to take the punishment of the world on my shoulders. So as we eat it together, let's remember and thank him for his invitation to join him. We praise you, Jesus. And it says, in the same way he took a cup and he handed it to his disciples and he said, take this and drink for this cup symbolizes my blood that will be shed on the cross for you. And the blood symbolizes the new covenant, a new deal. It's like I came along and flipped everything and said, now, now, you can have a relationship with your creator. You don't have to do anything anymore. You are made, I, you're perfect in my eyes. I love you. This blood, this symbol of it, it's not real. It's just a symbol. And we remember what it does in our lives. It gives us the chance to start over. And it also symbolizes every person in our family, everyone in our community, every neighbor, every person who doesn't know Jesus. And he shed it for them too. So let's drink and let's remember and commit to being a part of the solution, the partnership. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your life, for the invitation to a new hope, to a new life, a new beginning, to greater purpose. Whatever the season is that you're pulling each of us into uniquely, I pray that we would focus on you that we would keep our perspective into the things that you called us and you designed life to be meant for. Let us look at truth. Let us search out truth and justice. Let us keep ourselves pure. Let us set ourselves aside and apart so that we can be people who deserve, who can be called worthy of respect and honor. God, let us, let us love you. Let us have a passion for you and show us the things you're teaching us every day. Help us to see the reason for the, the seasons that we are in in our lives and to see that it may not just be for us, that there's others that need to hear the message of what we're going through and learning through. Thank you for what you're doing. Pull us to you every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Next week we have our brand new series called Paranormal Activity. Pretty excited about it. Uh, if you have friends who are interested in Heaven and hell, angels, demons, all that kind of stuff that people are thinking about now in Halloween time. Bring them to church. It's going to be really good. Let me, uh, let me bless you before we go. May God bless you today. May he keep you. May his face shine on you this week. May you find the invitation personal this week. May it be the thing that maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you pick it up and look at it and it just resonates in what he's calling you to. May it be so clear this week what God is saying and that he wants for you and for your life. 
May the target, the aim for this season be made clear to you this week. And may he provide every single thing that is needed to accomplish it. In the name of Jesus Christ, our great Savior. Amen. Thank you for coming to Encounter Church. We love you. We'll see you again next week, guys. Thank you.